0: Last week I was speaking about Peter's encounter with Cornelius and how the good news of the kingdom of God spread to Gentile believers and through that story we saw how the experience of following Jesus and him moving and how we prepare ourselves in terms of spiritual disciplines and stuff like that lead us to an encounter with God. And I think that's what you've heard this morning through these different stories, is that how people, when, um, so last week we talked about how posture and pattern precede presence, and you heard that in people's stories, that, that as they postured themselves before God, he came and he met them. And how actually their obedience in doing that went beyond their understanding, which is my second point last week, that, that actually, I don't even know what's going on here, but God's doing something. Um, that relationship grows on the road, that personal breakthrough leads to community breakthrough. And I think that's what I was talking about there is that the breakthrough that you heard somebody else get from the stage here is available to you because it's the same God and the same Spirit. And it's okay to be jealous for that. It's okay to be jealous for an encounter with the living God. Um, And the Holy Spirit is the one that brings all of this together. So, there is hope for us beyond obvious spiritual disciplines and practices because what is also available to us in praying, reading our Bible, worshiping, setting a time aside to God, giving, serving, beyond these physical acts is the person and work of the Spirit. And these physical acts on themselves will not take us to the places that the people who were here were talking about because each of them were talking in one way or another about how they encountered the Holy Spirit. And see, this is the thing about Jesus. You can't copy the outward acts of Jesus and what he did on this earth unless you realize that you need to also copy the inward acts of Jesus and his cooperation with the Holy Spirit on this earth, that those two things need to go hand in hand. So I want to read for you just very quickly a couple of verses from uh, 2 Peter, so the same person that we were talking about last week who went and spoke to Cornelius, but this is him writing to those same people, Cornelius and many others, the early church, uh, spread throughout the, the wider kind of Middle East and into Turkey and different places like that. And he's writing to them to say, probably closer towards the end of his life, here's what you need to remember and keep as really important. So this is Second Peter 1 from verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of God, uh, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received... A faith as precious as ours. So he's saying to the Gentiles, you also have received this very same faith. So the very same faith that Peter has, you have. Okay, and that includes us. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God um, and, and our Lord Jesus Christ. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need for life and godliness. Everything is, has come from God. So where are you feeling lack this morning? Where you feel like some kind of second-class citizen? Where you rule yourselves out of even the kind of encounters that you've heard sh- shared this morning? Everything is available, not because of you, but because of what God has done. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now, I've read this loads and loads and loads of times. But I remember reading it one time and going, oh, hang on here. I just actually read, I just read something which is completely ridiculous. And if it's true, it's, it's revolutionary. And if it's true, why, why am I not living more in that? Because it says, that through, um, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature you may participate in the very nature of God. The, the, not that it, like it's over here and you get to come closer, but that it is in you. The very nature, the very presence of God is within you. And that should stop us in our tracks. That should leave us thinking, is that really true? Is that really true? Because if it is true then the encounters that you heard this morning are available to all of us. Breakthrough isn't available to all of us. The things that we read in the Bible that we think, oh, I don't think I could do any of that, is available to us. Victory is available to us in areas of our lives where we're struggling in sin. Hope is available to us in whatever situation we are facing in this world, that we might participate in the divine nature. I mean, Do you know, like, that's one of those verses that we will spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out the extent to which that is true and what that looks like. But you can either choose today to believe that it's true for everyone or that it's not true at all. But if it is true for everyone, that's a dangerous thing because it requires a response from us. So... And then Peter goes on and he says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. So just because the divine nature is in you doesn't mean you can do what you like. Okay, Paul says it in different ways in Romans, for example, you know, should we sin more so that grace may increase, but, you know, we have the divine nature in us, therefore we are God's children, we're welcomed into his presence, we're part of, of his thing, we're saved, we're rescued, we're going to get to heaven because we've invited Jesus into our hearts and lives. In First Peter, uh, P- Peter uses the term born again that he heard from Jesus. We obviously read that story in John 3 lots of times. But because of what God has done in you, then do these things. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So because you have the divine nature at work in you, also do these things. The problem is that we spend so much of our lives doing this the other way around. We think, if I do all of these things... Maybe I will get the opportunity to experience something of the Holy Spirit. But God says, because my spirit is already in you, you can experience transformation, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. These are the things that we all want to see developed in our hearts and lives and working and pulsing through us. But they come because of what the Spirit does. And so if you skip down, for the sake of time, to verse 12, it's very interesting that that Peter says, so I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you have. Do you know, I find that I always have to remind myself, and sometimes when I'm preaching, I feel like I'm just in some ways repeating the same thing, because we go out into this world and we forget. We get caught up in the busyness of life. We find ourselves stressed and anxious and worried. We experience very difficult things in our lives in lots of different ways. And we have to be reminded that everything that we need to live a godly and good life has been deposited in us through the work of God and through the work of the Spirit. And actually, our job is to figure out how we cooperate with that how we cooperate with him Uh, and the problem is that that actually in some ways we would rather as Caroline said about having lists sometimes we'd rather have a list just tell me what to do just tell me all the steps because if I can do that I can tick those off and God doesn't do it that way he places a spur in us. He calls us to, to build relationship with him and to grow in and to live in to that relationship. And, and so unfortunately, sometimes we find ourselves recognizing that we're saved by grace. We cannot make ourselves right with God. We're saved by grace. And we're like, yeah, I'm saved by grace. There's nothing that I can do to earn God's favor. But then something goes wrong in our hearts and minds that we, we think, I'm saved by grace, but I'm going to live by works. I'm going to work really hard. And when things don't go well, I'm going to read my Bible more, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to, I'm going to worship more, I'm going to sing louder. And in some way that maybe I can make myself more like Jesus. And the subtle difference and the change that we need to get our heads around is actually that those things are important spiritual disciplines are important but only if they take us towards an encounter with the living god an encounter with the holy spirit because when he pours himself into these small little things that we do like taking five ten minutes at the start of our day to pray taking some time to open God's word, when we say, Holy Spirit, will you come and take my tiny little efforts and breathe your life into them? That is when true transformation happens. And so, I don't really think we have time to talk too much more about this kind of stuff this morning, and that's okay. But what I would say to us is, um, you read the passage about not being strangers and aliens, right, but I'm gonna tell everybody that we're strangers and aliens. Um, so it's really fascinating, and actually, so, so um, Al was right that, that Paul in this letter says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're, you're part of family and community. And Peter in his letter says that you're strangers and aliens, and they're talking about two different things. And here's the thing that we need to remember is that we are strangers and aliens in this world now because we're no longer part of everything else that's going on in this world because we're not under the reign and rule of Satan, we're under the reign and rule of Christ. And so we become adopted into God's family, but we find ourselves strangers and aliens in the world no longer actually responding to what's going on out there, no longer stressing and worrying in the way that the world does. We increasingly become strangers to the chaos and disorder of the world. We increasingly become strangers to the desire and the need to prove ourselves to other people. We increasingly become strangers for the desire to buy things and stuff to communicate that we've that we are somewhere or that we are someone in this world, that actually us living the Christ-like life in this world is that we become strangers and aliens to the systems that take us away from God and that we become closer and closer to the family of God where we know who we are, whose we are, and what we're here for. And we, we find ourselves anchored in that place, And in that place of complete security, not attaching ourselves to the value systems of the world around us, we're free. We're free to ask, Jesus, what is it that you want to do? How is it that you want to move? What would my life look like if you had your way and your will a little bit more each day? And so what I would love for us today is that we would again believe that we have the opportunity to step more into the fullness of who God called us and made us to be. That we would realize that actually there's always going to be more of God than what you know right now. There's always going to be more. You'll always be able to go deeper. There'll always be transformation. Do you know Peter actually is really makes this really hard for us? He actually says in his letters be holy. Be holy as God is holy. That's how far we get to go. So how many people feel holy right now? But how many of us some days feel holier than other days? Some days we see more of God than we did another day. Sometimes we think, even just for a moment, oh, I think I've maybe just got something here of God. And if that can happen in a moment or once, five minutes on a a certain day, could it happen again and again and again? Well, you see, it can if the divine nature is actually coming alive and growing in you, that there is always more of God. And so just as, as we're going to take communion now, I would love us to really just let faith rise in our hearts that through what Jesus has done at the cross, that there's so much more available to us that we can step into. And we want to do the good things. We want to be godly people. But the, the transforming work of the living God is in you and working in you to transform you and to change you. And so it's all available, if you will. Invite God to do more this morning.